Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, you all. Happy Monday. Do, 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 do. We have made it through the Monday. We have made it through the Monday. Yay us. Yay us. Uh, let me grab my books real quick. Massive accomplishment this weekend. I got my desk cleaned off, so that's exciting news. I'm Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live. Of course, I want to promote these two books real quick. We have uh, From Fear to Love. Oh, look, I picked up the, the version that's in Spanish. <laughs> so, yes, we do have it available in Spanish on Amazon. And it's also available in Dutch. And uh, then we also have The Great Behavior Breakdown by Brian as well. These are two excellent books. We are actually actively working on more and more translations. And so that's very cool. So um, I hope everybody's doing well this evening. I see you guys are all logging in. You missed my Happy Monday dance, but that's okay. I'll spare you. Um, so I just wanted to come on this evening and talk a little bit about, I'm looking at Facebook on my desktop and I'm looking at this morning's post that says, by respecting how your children are expressing how they feel, you give them the opportunity to open up and feel heard. Hmm. <laughs> Andrea says the day with the dance was great. <laughs> well, thank you, dear. I hope you all are doing well in California. I hope your little family's doing doing well. We're going to talk a little bit about school, but I want to talk about this first. Um, hey, Colleen. Nice to have you aboard today. Good to see you. So, by respecting how your children are expressing how they feel, you give them the opportunity to open up and feel heard. Boy, that is such a big deal. Um, it when I when you read it and you look at the picture, it just seems so simple, doesn't it? You see this sweet little guy, and it looks like he maybe has his head on his mama's lap, and she's comforting while the little boy's crying. And it is a very sweet picture, but the reality that sometimes that little boy is also inside a great big body. That's real too. That piece of when we stress, we regress. And uh, it was great because some people commented, you know, they said, yeah, that's all well and good. And then they get big. Yeah, that's why we really have to work at that brain level, right? Working to help create calm, understanding this paradigm, understanding what's going on at the brain level can be so helpful. So what I included um, in those comments was a link to uh, video one of three that Brian put together um, years ago. He's so young when I look at it, it's hilarious. But I encourage you guys to click over and check those videos out. He titles it The uh, Three Pathways of Emotional Expression. But I'm gonna, and thank you, Leslie, and I love seeing you, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, so uh, basically, I'm just gonna give you in a nutshell, because I clicked over on it and I forgot how fabulous it is and I mean nobody can do it like Brian does so I'm not even really going to try but one of the things he reminds us he like just takes us back to the beginning of why do we have why do we express emotion and he explains that it is our ongoing attempt 
to have a homeostasis. And so something, an outside stimulation comes and it hits our brain and we perceive it in a particular kind of way. It could be something we feel is funny or something we feel is scary or something we feel is boring or, you know, it could be any number of emotions that get activated. It'd be something that makes us angry. Again, just more emotions, emotions, emotions. And so, um, feelings. Let me call those feelings. It's a feeling because from our paradigm, we have two primary emotions, love and fear. And there's feelings that come off of that. But down underneath it all, we just break it down to the most simple and we have two primary emotions. So if it doesn't look or feel like love, then you can guarantee it's coming from fear. And so whether it's it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, if it's sorrow, if it's grief, if it's anger, if it's boredom, whatever, you know, all of those things could be in alignment with fear. So what Brian talks about in that video series, the three videos, and the reason it's broken up into three is because they're about five minutes a piece. We wanted to try to keep it where people can easily digest these little pieces. But he talks about these three pathways. He says, um, Emotions, what is he, how to, behavior, attitude, and emotions. Behavior, emotions, attitude. Behavior, attitude. Let me tell you with my own words. When our kids drop into behavior, when they can't, they can't articulate with words. So when they can't articulate with words, then you might get an attitude. You might get a huff, an eye roll, uh, maybe even a slammed door. And when that's not accepted, when you get in trouble for huffing, take that attitude out of here. I don't want to see you rolling your eyes. You can't, don't slam the door. When there's no permission to express whatever the feeling is that's going on inside. So we express these feelings through our words or through an attitude or through a behavior, right? So many of our children, have they don't have the ability to articulate it. One, and when our emotions are running high, then it short circuits our ability to articulate these things with our words. So we have words and that's when we're doing well. And then when we may be struggling with an adjustment, we have attitude. And when we're really struggling and regressed, then we drop into behaviors. And that's where you see things like property destruction. So when you can permit the words even if they're really hard words to hear, and I'm not, this isn't, like I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm all about getting cussed out because I don't really like getting cussed out either, but I will take a cussing over my house being torn up any day of the week. So we have to understand that there are things that we may say, do, or ask of our children that they need to be able to have space to adjust to. And that adjustment and how it is perceived and what's going on in between their intake of the information and whatever their adjustment is could have everything to do with trauma, could have everything to do with feeling fear, fearful, could have everything to do with, well, so this was one for a lot of kids that I know that um, they have this highly defended nature and right under the highly defended nature is a lot of insecurity. And a lot of people call these children unteachable and uncoachable because they know everything already. 
And they do. Oftentimes, they're very smart. They're very, very smart children. They're very creative in how they learn. Oftentimes, they have to learn through trial and error because it's very hard for them to hear verbal instruction. And oftentimes, when we are trying to give them verbal instruction, what gets triggered for them is a feeling of disrespect that they interpret your attempts to teach as if you're somehow saying that they're stupid. When a, that may not be the case at all. It may not be the case in any way. And yet that's how, that's the filter. You know, that's the filter of their brain. That's the filter of the lens that they perceive the world through, oftentimes based on a traumatic experience in the past. So, huh. If we're, if we're not able to, to use words, then the next thing that we go to is attitudes. And then the next thing we drop down into from attitudes is behavior. And a lot of our children, they, they are functioning already in that space where, where their adjustment flows through attitude, through behaviors, because it takes more emotional regulation and emotional maturity to be able to come up to a place where all you get is an eye roll and a huff and a few stomps and a slam door. And then it takes even more emotional maturity and more emotional regulation to be able to articulate it into words. And to be honest with you, oftentimes we as adults don't do very well with that. Oftentimes we as adults, we're like, Asking our kids to, you know, tell me how you feel and express yourself without having to tear things up. But we're barely past a huff and an eye roll. So, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? It's a lot to um, to give some consideration to. So, um, that was this morning's graphic. And there's a link to that video series, to the video one of that video series. I really encourage you guys to to take a look at it. And don't forget about some of those things that Brian's taught us about those internal triggers. Um, like how he says, even digestion. Especially if you come from a background of deprivation. Digestion can be a trigger. Um, even having a need, simply having a need for some children is a trigger because there've been, if, if you are, if you are punished for crying because you're hungry as an infant or a toddler, then you don't have permission to express your need. Fear gets built around even having a need. So simply having a need, it's like, we're like, you know, sometimes we're looking around trying to figure out what it is that's created this upset. And it could be an, a, just an internal state of having a need and not feeling safe enough to express it. So that's why I really think it's so important for us to really focus on the <laughs> that bottom, you know, I'll have to put a picture of it in the, uh, in the comments, but the bottom level, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, it may not be, it may be a little outdated, but I still think there's a ton of value in it. And I remember somebody telling me that actually came from some sort of tribal wisdom that I had no idea about. So that's kind of a cool little tidbit. But at the, at the bottom, we have our basic needs, food, clothing, and shelter. And then right above that is safety and security. Those are the two biggest pieces of our foundation. And so many of our children need a lot of attention related to that 
place of security and safety. Once those found, you know, a lot of them have, I call it cracks. It's like they have a crack in that foundation. So when we really focus on that and we really allow a lot, it can take a lot of time to build that, to build that safety, security, and connection. And then from there becomes productivity. From there is relationship. From there is insight. But until we have that foundation and we can slip back down into those crevices and those cracks sometimes, but until that foundation is relatively secure, there will be ongoing challenges with accomplishing just about any other thing. So um, I want to, Colleen says, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has given us a spirit of, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Uh well, so, Colleen, that is really interesting that you that you shared that because what that tells me and what that also makes me think of, and I'm not very good at being able to quote actual scripture, but it makes me think of the fruits of the Spirit that are discussed and self-control being a fruit of the Spirit, meaning it is not something that man naturally has. So it is a gift from God. So what we're talking about, when we start talking about self-control and higher level thinking, to me what that says is it is difficult. It's a difficult thing and it takes a lot of love. God is love. It takes a lot of love, a lot of consistency, a lot of relationship. It takes people walking us through it, walking with us in order for us to mature and to be able to gain that. So thank you, Colleen. I think that is an awesome addition. Um, I wanted to talk about something just kind of funny real quick because, you know, I like talking with you guys. So I'm helping Marley get caught up on some schoolwork because um, she has been really, really, really sick. And when she's really, really sick, um, like she's been sick really since summertime. So from the beginning of school on, she's barely been able to do any. So here's what I found out. So here's what goes on with a majority or many of the kids who are doing online learning platforms, maybe not through your school where you're like sitting in class, but a lot of children, uh, adolescents and up, so the tweens and teens who are doing online school, they let the videos run and then they just go and Google all the answers <laughs> and I'm telling you this because it's like, don't everybody's doing it. I'm not saying that makes it right or wrong. Even the teachers know that this is how this is happening. And so it, what it did for me is it helped me just to put everything in perspective. This 2020 school year, I hope that next year we don't have to repeat it. It is one of a kind. And I know that there's been so much stress and I know that many schools now are going from meeting in person back to distance learning. And I know that for some families, it is a beautiful gift because really maybe it's time just to focus on your family relationships and, you know, be creative about how you get the, the elements of meeting the requirements for education accomplished. Um, so there's that piece. I know for other families that it's very overwhelming. So for some families, it's very overwhelming because it means everybody's home together all day, all day, all day with no interruption, no outside, no, no other interaction. And that can be very taxing. And I know for some families, 
parents are still needing to work. They're in particular workforces where they need to be out working. And so they were cooking, you know, they were, they were rolling along with the school year because they were able to have their children in school and they were able to go to work. And now all of that's being tossed up in the air again. And so I just, I just, you know, I just want to speak to it. I just want to say it out loud that we see you. We see you. We know how tough this is. And uh, every family is having to make really difficult decisions. And so I uh, just want us to be graceful. Have mercy with each other. Be as, Extend as much grace to one another as we can during all of this. And um, try not to worry too much. Try not to worry too much about whether or not they're getting all their courses done or not. And if your school's coming down on you about it, um, message me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, or advocate. Just advocate and let them know that you guys are doing the best you can, you know. Um, this is, uh, doing distance learning isn't for everyone. You know, we talked about that, about how it's, you know, it's kind of like being an entrepreneur. It's a whole, takes a whole different skill set of initiation and organization and just even understanding how the software works. And not everybody functions that way. And so, um, just, I better bring it down, you know? <laughs> just what I was going to say. Everybody just bring it down. We're getting ready to head into the holiday weekend. And I know people are making decisions about whether to travel or, you know, what's everybody's making difficult decisions. So just uh, get quiet. My friend, Ann Maxwell, a beautiful woman, I remember her teaching me just to get quiet and you ask yourself, if what then? So you, how you make that decision, because you can't tell what the future is going to be, right? You can't tell. So you just say, if what then? If, I, if, I, if we go to Aunt Thelma's for Thanksgiving, if what then? What's that? What do I think that will look like based on everything I know? Is it likely that we're going to get sick? Are people going to, you know, what kind of precautions? If what then? If what then? If we stay home? If what then? If what then? If what then? And then you just notice what resonates. You notice how your intuition and how your gut feeling speaks to you. And that is the best you can do. That's the best you can do to make a decision about what, what to do with these future happenings. And so, um... Anyway, thanks for chatting it up with me. This has been my social moment for the day, other than speaking with some uh, people who came and did a little, little work on my house. So um, I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, much love to you all. Remember what Brian tells us, that in any given moment, we can act out of our same blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, which are sometimes even hidden from us. Or... If we can just get that first breath in, you know, if you can just take that first deep breath. Because when we get stressed, we all hold our breath. We don't realize it, but we subconsciously constrict and we hold our breath. And when we hold our breath and we're stressed, it causes our thinking to be distorted and confused and our short-term memory is suppressed. So we're not at our best for making decisions. So get that one deep breath in and then the next. And then the next, and you'll feel your body to begin to calm. And from that place, you can choose love. Much love to you guys. I hope you guys have a lovely evening. I hope you can take a little time this evening to just enjoy your children. Just to put everything that you worry about, everything you may be fretting about, just put it to the side. 
and try to spend, you know, 15, 30 minutes, maybe an hour just hanging out with them, just chilling and enjoying them and sharing time together. Remember that your energy, your loving energy has the ability to create magic for them at the brain level. Much love to you guys and we'll see y'all tomorrow night. Hey, Julie. Thanks for saying hi. It's great to see you.